Hey there, future friends. This week, home is where the hurt is. We can run, but we can't hide. And we didn't start the fire. Stephen King did. This is the week of May 13th, 2022, and you are listening to Future Flakes with Billiam. Welcome to the show, everyone. That's right. It is another week and another episode. Did you check out my Doctor Strange review? If you did not, there's plenty of time to do it. The first half is spoiler free. The second half, I go into a little more details about certain plot points, or at least the plot points I wanted to talk about the most. Well, it is another week, and that means new movies, and I am here to tell you about them. But before we jump into it, let me tell you what it is I do on this show in case you're new. And if you're new, welcome. I hope you stick around for a bit. On this show, I talk about all of the movies coming out during the week. I put them into two categories, the limited releases. Those are any movies that did nothing to catch my eye. In that section, I give you their name, tell you what they're about, and who's in them. Maybe I'll give a thought or two, but usually that's it. Then in the wide releases and interesting indies, I do tell you the name, what it's about, and who's in it. Then I also give some thoughts that I wrap up with a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, aka the Bill Score, that can go anywhere from a zero for those awful films that I just don't think will be any good whatsoever, and those films that take it up to 11. But my future friends, let us jump right into the limited release section with a movie called Private Property. This is coming out on video on demand and a limited theatrical release. Catherine, a struggling actress and unfulfilled housewife, becomes involved with her new gardener, Ben. As he gives her the attention and sensitivity she craves, they start to fall for each other, but Ben is not what he seems. Of course he's not. This stars Ashley Benson from Pretty Little Liars, Silo Fernandez from the 2013 Evil Dead, Logan Miller from Escape Room, Frank Whaley from Broken Arrow, and Jay Farrow from Saturday Night Live fame. This movie just looks like a slightly better produced Lifetime film, and let's just skip it. Let's move on to the next film called Sharkbait, a limited theatrical release. A group of friends enjoying a weekend steal a couple of jet skis, racing them out to sea. Ending up in a horrific head-on collision because they're f***ing idiots, they struggle to find a way home with a badly injured friend from the waters below, Predators Lurk. This stars no one of note! And I guarantee you, within a year, I'll be seeing these in dollar stores. So who knows? Maybe I'll end up watching it. Next up, friends, we have a movie called Jaya Sharbai Jordar, I think is how you say it. A timid man must muster courage as he is in the fight of his life to protect his pregnant wife and daughter. This is a movie from India. Next up, we have a film called Mao. The unlikely story of design visionary Bruce Mao and his ever-optimistic push for massive change. This is a documentary. And you know what? With a documentary like this, if you have any idea who Bruce Mao is, then maybe this is for you. 
Next up, we have a movie called The Last Victim. The Last Victim is a neo-Western thriller set in the American Southwest following Sheriff Hickey trying to solve the worst case he has seen in his small town, likely caused by a violent local gang led by a fearsome criminal. This stars Ron Perlman from Hellboy, Ali Larder from Legally Blonde, and Ralph Innocent from The Witch. I like this cast. It's a really good cast, but the movie does not look good. Next, we have a film called The Innocents. During the bright Nordic summer, a group of children reveal their dark and mysterious powers when the adults aren't looking. And this original and gripping supernatural thriller, Playtime, takes a dangerous turn. This is a movie from Norway. And you know what? It sounds like this is a premise that has promise or had promise, but somewhere along the line, it just didn't work. Next up, we have a film called Family Camp. When two polar opposite families are forced to camp together, the dads struggle to hold on to their families and marriage as they compete for the coveted camp trophy. This stars Leah Allen Baker from Will and Grace. And you know what? She's not even the main character. She's one of the wives. And this is really about the two dads of the family. And this is 100% a Christian movie in disguise. So 100% skip this. Next up, we have a film called Homebound. A trip to the countryside turns out to be far from idyllic for a father and his new fiance when the kids decide the house is a little too crowded. This stars Tom Goodman Hill from Everest, Aisling Loftus from Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, and Raphael Chapman from Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. And this movie's been done before, a million times, in fact. Next up is a film called Pleasure. Bella Cherry arrives in Los Angeles with a dream of becoming an adult film star, but she soon learns that fame won't come easy as she harnesses her ambition and cunning to rise to the top of this mesmerizing and singular world. This stars no one of note from Hollywood, but a bunch of actual adult film stars, and it's directed by a woman named Ninja Thyberg. So a movie about the porn industry directed by a woman could be okay, but it, it just didn't look too good in the trailer. And finally, in the limited release section, it's called On the Count of Three. Jared Carmichael makes his directorial debut and stars in On the Count of Three, a darkly comic feature about two best friends, Val and Kevin, on the last day of their lives after they decide to kill themselves. This stars comedian Jared Carmichael, also stars Christopher Abbott from It Comes at Night, Tiffany Haddish from Night School, J.B. Smoove from Mr. Deeds, and Henry Winkler from Scream. This looks like it could be good. It really looks like it had promise, and I almost put it in the wide releases and interesting indies section. But it also seems like it could be one of those movies that are just depressing for the sake of being depressing. And only time will tell what kind of movie it ends up being, if there is more to it. Because it looks like it is trying to be a dark comedy, like it says in the premise, but the comedy aspect just didn't really come across There were some jokes, but nothing that would make me think that it's trying to be a comedy. Well, my future friends, let us jump into our first and only break, and then we'll come back with all of the wide releases and interesting indies, so please stay tuned. Are you troubled by a lack of common interest in your social sphere? Do you experience feelings of nostalgic sentiment in your day-to-day life? Do your family or coworkers not understand your quotes, quips, or references? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and download the nerdiest professionals in the galaxy. Somewhat Nerdy Radio. 
Our nerdy and informative hosts are available 24 hours a day on your favorite podcast app to fill all your super nerdy needs. Good Good journey, journey, nerds. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Future Flicks with Billiam, and Nerds of the Squared Circle on iTunes, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app, or stream us at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're We're doing doing fine. All right, we're back. We're back with a movie called Tank House. After being blacklisted from the NYC theater industry, two Upper East Side New Yorkers, Tucker and Sandrine, decide their only course of action is to move to Fargo, North Dakota, and start a theatrical revolution. This stars character actors Tara Holt and Stephen Friedrich as Tucker and Sandrine. Also stars Richard Kind from Mad About You, Christopher Lloyd from The Addams Family, Sarah Yarkin from Happy Death Day to You, and Austin Crute from Booksmart. This has the promise of being good, like a quirky indie comedy. It gives me the same vibes that that movie Don't Think Twice gave me. Do you remember back from, I had to look this up, 2016, starring Keegan-Michael Key, Jillian Jacobs, uh, Mike Babriglia, Kate Micucci, about this group of uh, improv performers, and one of them gets the chance of a lifetime at this like fake version of SNL. This movie gives me that same kind of vibe, but a little less serious because Don't Think Twice feels like it's actually dealing with something that could happen. Something that we have to face one day. It's like, hey, we have a chance to move on in life, but unfortunately it means leaving someone behind. And how does this choice affect us? Where this one seems more of a straight up comedy, but more about these people Tucker and Sandrine realizing it's not all about them and realizing that maybe they are part of the problem. So this looks good, but it seems like another movie that kind of gives me the similar vibes of Dave Made a Maze, where this seems like it's going to be a fine movie. It's going to be funny. It's going to be interesting, but also you're not going to miss out if it comes to some streaming service and you have to wait. Tank House gets a 6.5 out of 11. Next up, friends, we have a movie called Foxhole. Unfolding over the span of 36 hours in three separate wars, the American Civil War, World War I, and Iraq, Foxhole follows five soldiers confined in a foxhole as they grapple with mortality, futility, and an increasingly violent combat situation. This stars James Lee Gross from Hunters and Andy Matichak from Halloween. And I don't know how big of a character Andy Matichak is, but she was just the second biggest name, actually maybe even the biggest name in the movie, though she is not the main character. She is not one of the five men. This is a really interesting idea because it's the same five soldiers in all the different wars and they're playing completely different characters. It's not like they're time travelers or something or they're immortal. And so it's showing how that speech from Fallout 4 was so accurate. War. War never changes. And I hope that all three stories progress as the movie does, that it's not just the Civil War story, then the World War I story, then the Iraq story. I hope they're all interwoven 
so we can see how similar they are, but maybe even a little different depending on the times, I don't know. But once again, this isn't the kind of movie you go out to the theaters to see. This is something you watch at home one day because your local library got it or you see it on streaming. And then you go, oh yeah, I remember this movie. Billiam talked about it. Let's check it out. So this does look like a good movie, but just something to skip for now. And Foxhole gets a 7 out of 11. Next up, we have the first of two nationwide releases, and it's called Love and Kilnery. Kilnery. Kilnery, I think. Yeah, whatever. The elderly residents of a small remote town panic after the Environmental Protection Agency announces that the government-mandated changes to their water supply needed for their chemical plant could create a byproduct that would dramatically increase their sexual libido. The sheriff struggles to maintain order and decency as mayhem ensues. This stars no one of note, and sounds weird as f***, and the trailer looks weird as f***, but not in one of those, oh, it could be interesting sort of weird things, like you watch it because it's a train crash waiting to happen and you want to see the mayhem. No, it just looks... It looks like you're watching some improv, and it's just not quite working. I was watching the trailer, and I knew it should have been funny. I knew what I was watching should have been funny, but I didn't even crack a smile. And I had been drinking a little at this point, and if tipsy me doesn't find what you're doing funny, then it's not funny. And I know, I know, senses of humors are different. So maybe someone out there might find this funny. So check out the trailer. If you think this could be up your alley, then why not? Check it out. I'm just one person with an opinion. And my main job is just to bring you the new movies. I just give my opinion for something to do on the show. So maybe it's up your alley, maybe it's not. I don't know. But for me personally, Love and Kilnery gets a 4 out of 11. All right, friends. One, two, three more movies left. Four more movies left because counting is hard. So the next movie is the only Netflix original that I'm aware of called Senior Year. A cheerleading stunt gone wrong landed her in a 20-year coma. Now she's 37, newly awake, and ready to live out her high school dream, becoming a prom queen. This stars Rebel Wilson from Pitch Perfect, Justin Hartley from Smallville, Alicia Silverstone from Clueless, Sam Richardson from Werewolves Within, Zoe Chow from Love Life, Mary Holland from Happiest Season, Chris Parnell from Saturday Night Live, also the voice of Jerry in Rick and Morty, and I think he's Cyril in Archer too, Michael Camino from Love, Victor, and Gory Rice, who is Betty Brandt in the more recent Spider-Man movies, Brandon Scott Jones from Isn't It Romantic, and Jeremy Ray Taylor from It, chapters one and two. So let's face it, the minute I said Rebel Wilson, some of you tuned out. The minute I said Rebel Wilson, some of you knew you weren't going to like it. And the more I think about it, that's not such a weird thing, is it? Because everyone has those actors that they're just not interested in. But especially when it's a comedic actor, people are a lot more picky. Because if it's not your style of comedy, you're not going to like the movie. But if you do like Rebel Wilson, then this is probably going to be a fine movie. Seems like a basic comedy, something a little familiar, but instead of an older woman trying to regain her once prominent high school or college status, like, oh, as a prom queen, oh, I was a big time cheerleader in college or something like that. She never left high school and aged 20 years and then is coming back. So this is going to have a lot of jokes about the age gap and what was funny then 
or what was even popular and cool then versus now. This is probably going to be a quite predictable comedy, but it's also going to be something reliable if you are a fan of what Rebel Wilson does. My only question, I just have one question. And in this, she has a love interest who I think is a teacher or works in the school or something, someone her age. But remember, she went into a coma when she was 17 and has recently woken up. So even though age-wise, it's fine, is it still fine? But luckily, this is a comedy, so we don't have to ask those kind of weird questions. Instead, I will just say that this movie gives me the same vibes as Rebel Wilson's other movie, Isn't It Romantic, where it's going to be okay. I watched Isn't It Romantic. It was fine. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I didn't feel like I wasted my time because I did laugh. But also, if I missed it, it wouldn't have been a big deal. This gives me the very same vibes. Senior year gets a six out of 11. Next up, folks, we have a movie called Monstrous, and this was actually in the running for pick of the week. The next three movies look really good. This movie's called Monstrous. This is a limited release film. The story centers on a traumatized woman fleeing from her abusive ex-husband with her seven-year-old son. In their new remote sanctuary, they find they have bigger, more terrifying monsters to deal with. This stars Christina Ricci from Casper and Santino Barnard from 8-Bit Christmas. Again, this is something I, I'm pretty sure we've seen this before, where a, a mother and a child is running from something or someone, and they find something even more terrifying. Well, I don't want to say more terrifying, just a different type of terrifying, where it's a real threat in this, i.e. a abusive ex-husband. What they find is something supernatural, paranormal, basically some scary-ass monster. In this movie, it seems like it's a period piece sometime around the 50s, maybe, if I'm guessing, based on the technology and the clothing. And we have this kid who is the one seeing things, and the mom at first is like, oh no, I don't, I don't believe you. You're just traumatized, basically, and we're safe here. The, your a-hole father is not going to find us. Just to find out, no, there is something going on. And I like Christina Ricci. I think she is a good actress. She looks good in this. I am excited to see her. I think this is a great role for her. This kid is fine. 8-Bit Christmas was a mediocre movie. Far better than that travesty that people like for some reason called A Christmas Story. It's a far better version of A Christmas Story. But I think this kid is going to do a fine job in this as well. Everything points to this being a solid horror. I don't think it's going to be super scary. I just think it's going to be well done overall. Kind of like a lesser Conjuring-verse movie where it does feel like they're going to build that atmosphere but it's not going to quite get as scary as those films. But if you like horror, it's probably going to scratch that itch for you. Monstrous looks good. It looks well worth your time, and it gets an 8 out of 11. All right, my future friends, I actually struggled with this pick of the week. So the last movie that's not the pick of the week, but also looks really good, is called Firestarter. This is the last nationwide release of the week. And it's about a young girl who tries to understand how she has mysteriously gained the power to set things on fire with her mind. This stars Ryan Kira Armstrong from Anne with an E, Zac Efron from Hairspray, Sidney Lemon from Hellstrom, Kurt Wood Smith from That 70s Show, Gloria Rubin from Mr. Robot, and Michael Grayeyes from Wild Indian. And yes, where is Drew Barrymore? Why is she not in the remake of one of her first ever movies? Firestarter, based on the Stephen King novel of the same name. So if you're not familiar, this is about, well, 
a fire starter. She has the power to start fires. And within the greater Stephen King universe, she has the shine. The shine is what Danny has in The Shining, which is why it's called The Shining. It's what the girl has in Dr. Sleep that da Danny is trying to save from Rose the Hat and the other people that want to eat her. Uh, a shine is what Carrie has in Carrie, fun fact. Some people suspect that John Coffey in The Green Mile has a shine. But none of those have anything to do with this. This is its own story. Oh, another fun fact I learned. This girl gets her gift from her parents because her parents both went through experiments from this group that is trying to make people with shine. And within the greater Stephen King universe, this group comes up again in a book called The Institute about a bunch of kids who are escaping the Institute because they have powers and they're being used by the Institute and they're trying to, you know, GTFO. But anyway, this book is actually kind of similar to The Institute where the, this family's on the run and people are after them because they want them back in the program because this girl is really strong. So she has to learn to keep her powers in check, but also not get caught. So this looks like it's going to be a solid movie, a good Stephen King story to tell on the big screen. But I do think there are other ones that should have been put up instead. I would have liked to have seen a Gwendy's Button Box trilogy or even make that a show. There's so much that he's done that I don't think we should be remaking things. I mean, I understand it. But if you come to me and go, hey, Billiam, they are going to remake Dolores Claiborne. I'd be like, yeah, OK, I'll watch it. Definitely. Maybe even own it. But. Why not do The Regulators or Bag of Bones or The Institute or Billy Summers, his newest book? So let's wrap this up with just me saying, yeah, it looks good. If you do pick this to see, because it's going to be more widely available than my pick of the week, you'll be fine. I think this is going to be an OK movie, something exciting, something interesting, not particularly memorable. Firestarter wasn't something that was screaming for a remake. So I think this is a safe bet, but not one you have to make. Firestarter gets a 7.5 out of 11. And finally, the pick of the week is a film called Montana Story. Two estranged siblings return home to the sprawling ranch they once knew and loved, confronting a deep and bitter family legacy against a mythical American backdrop. This stars Haley Lou Richardson from Edge of 17, Owen Teague from It Chapters 1 and 2, Gilbert Uwer from Goliath, and Eugene Braverock from Wonder Woman. So this looks like an honest-to-God good movie. This is about this young woman who's returning home because her father is dying, and she has some terrible history with him. I don't know if he, was, if he was abusive physically or sexually. I don't know if he was mean to her. I don't know what happened, but she left and never came back, and she's come back now and can't really figure out why. She kind of regrets it, but it's good seeing her brother again, and they kind of have to deal with things now. So at this point in the movie, as far as I know, the father is still alive, just, I think, in a coma. So the story is more about the siblings reconciling, because at one point in the trailer, the brother says, you know what, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I never did anything. So this young woman, she either lives in California or New York, one of the bigger states, I, d I don't know which one. And I know Montana's big. I mean, bigger as in just more going on. And she wants to leave, but also her horse is there. Her horse that she had when she was a kid. And it's really old and they were going to put it down. And so now she's thinking she wants to take the horse, but she lives in New York. Where is she going to take a horse? 
So what interested me first about this movie is how beautiful it looks. It looks really good. Like, it's really well shot, has a backdrop of Montana, which is a beautiful state. So this looks well acted. It looks like a interesting story because it seems like we're going to focus more on the recovery and the after effects of all this trauma because we have plenty of movies about trauma. We have plenty of movies about that. And I like this idea that even though it may touch on that, we're going to get more about what she's doing now, how she recovered, how she got away, all that jazz. Montana Story looks like the better quality movie. Firestarter looks like the one that's going to be more fun. Montana Story gets an 8.5 out of 11. Well, my future friends, that is it for the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to share the podcast with your friends. That is how we grow here. Follow me on all my various social medias, which you can find in the link tree in the show notes. But I am on Twitter and Instagram. I am on, I have a TikTok account, but I'm trying to get up the courage to start one. I'm on Letterboxd as well. Follow me there at BilliamSWN. Always reach out. Do you have a question or a comment? Let me know. Please rate and review the podcast. I would love five stars, please. Check out the friends of the show. If you're interested, Robbie and Lisa's book club this month is All the Light We Cannot See, which is a Pulitzer Prize winning book from four years ago, I think. Five years ago, maybe. Maybe longer. I don't know. And Somewhat Nerdy Radio is back. So go and check out all of those episodes. But my future friends, just remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.